York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. Here to give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk about this Knicks game. The Knicks lose to the Portland Trail Blazers 129-132. With some notable games, of course, we have Jalen Brunson who gives you 32 points, four assists, and five rebounds on the night. Then we have RJ Barrett who finishes with 19 points, five assists, and 10 rebounds. Mitchell Robinson makes his way back to the lineup and gives you 12 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 blocks. Emmanuel quickly drops in with 18 points and 5 assists. And Julius Randle gives you 23, but we already know what it is. The score, the numbers of the night aren't really about the Knicks. It's really about the Portland Trailblazers. With Jeremy Grant almost giving us a 50-piece in overtime. Gives us 44 points on the night from Grant. And Anthony Simons gives you 38. And you already know the free throw line was a huge issue for Russ. The Portland Trailblazers gave us 51 free throw attempts on the night. The refs also had a probably about 20 assists on the night today. So shout out to the refs. But I don't want to blame this whole game on the refs. The Knicks still didn't do what they had to do. And the Knicks end up losing at home on his first game back. But before I break down the game, you already know the deal is. Please hit the like button. If you're here multiple times watching the KOT show and you have not subscribed yet, please just hit that subscribe bell button. It helps us out. And also, shout out to our guys at FubuTV.com. If you want MSG free for seven days, go to FubuTV.com slash KOT. And if you want to pay for it, uh, we'll get a chunk of that change if you decide to go with TV. Um, with KLT, so shout out to BTV. All right, now let's get to it. Before I get to it, let me shout out to you guys in the chat who are rocking with us on a Friday night. Knicks, shout out to Blue Diamond, shout out to Picks for Timmy, shout out to Gerald McGyver, shout out to Still Dre, and everybody else is watching with the KOT show. Fritz says, You can't hear, you can't hear me on the phones, Fritz. All right, though, it's been interesting setting up today, to say the least. I've been having problems set it, uh, setting up today, so sorry, guys, for the late setup. And uh, I'm going to try to get these phones working. If, if you already know, the phone lines are open if you want to talk Knicks. You can see the phone at the bottom right there. All right, so... Phone numbers at the bottom for you to call Knicks, but let, let's get into it. And if you hear me on the, on the phone lines right now, let me know, Fritz. All right, cool. Um, this game was a rough one. This game was a really rough one, and you have to give the coach of the Portland Trailblazers a a nod because they get it done. They were on a four game losing streak. Chauncey Billups drew out a good game plan. And the game plan for Chauncey Billups was 
go to his big guy, go to Anthony Simons and go to Jeremy Grant, have them go on the move, have them cause picks and attack off of switches and see what we can do from there. And they just did that. They started out the game going a little bit to Anthony Simons, try to have Mitch come and guard Anthony Simons at three point line and had a little bit of success. But what really got the momentum going for a Portland Trailblazers was Jeremy Grant's and his 44 points and, and two assists. And it's funny because Randall played okay defense in the first half, but then it seems like we got into a foul of him because sometimes he would fall asleep. Other players would have to pick him up if he calls a foul. Um, or when Julius Randall was off the floor, Obi Toppin would have to end up guarding Jeremy Grant. And that didn't bode well for Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin looked lost defensively all night. Um, also, it, 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 people had to switch. And you see McBride and these guys playing Jeremy Grant. And we fouled him pretty early. We, we were in a, in a penalty, I think, with like seven minutes left in the second quarter. And that was a lot of the big problems defensively for the Knicks. And as you've seen, you know, we, we've had our problems defensively for the Knicks. And we definitely hacked. But I do feel like we tried to adjust and not foul as much in that second half of that second quarter on, but the refs still kind of had it in their minds that we were just hacking away and they were just giving them fouls at one point. It was very hard for us to kind of adjust to that. Um, so I don't want to blame the rest completely because we were still in this game. We still had a chance to win in overtime. Jalen Brunson had a great look at the basket. In the fourth quarter, Mr. Bunny, after going off in several instances in a few quarters to carry the team, could have won it in regulation with a, with his patent and floater, but it just didn't happen for us. And Jeremy Grant um, really took it to us. But also, there was another momentum thing that happened, right? There was a time in the third quarter. Julius Randle is in the game. Jeremy Grant has three fouls. Julius Randle takes it to Jeremy Grant. Refs call foul. Jeremy Grant now has four fouls. And in my mind, I'm thinking this is good news for us because now it's time for us to get the momentum. The guy who was drawing all the fouls is now out the game. But that point, the Knicks really didn't take advantage of the advantage they the, the portland triplets actually took the lead actually took the lead once grant went to the bench and it was one we traded one problem for the other because i felt like the knicks were kind of locked in defensively at that point but then from that point it became the offensive rebounds that became a problem you're looking up at the at the scoreboard and you see josh hart has 13 defensive rebounds, six offensive. Bruh. The Knicks scrambling on offense, on, on defense. The Knicks switching on defense. We were concentrating so much on trying to prevent them from scoring. We really didn't have a handle of, you know, finishing our defensive plays. And 
It ha- I think a lot of reason has happened was, you know, Mitch getting into foul trouble didn't help that. Um, Hartenstein, to me, was overmatched trying to rebound the ball and, and defend on defense. And the long rebounds from the long threes really heart helped. Um, didn't help us as well. And then on top of that, we got guys like Obi Toppin who didn't rebound the ball well as well. All that all together really spelled catastrophe for the Knicks. Wasn't able to really rebound the ball well. Uh, and, and it hurt us. It hurt us. But I, I'm going to talk about something else, though. I want to talk about the things that did go right. And maybe a path forward, maybe even if it's not this season, but maybe a path forward from this season and beyond. And it really, for me, starts with Jalen Brunson. That's where it it begins and ends to me with Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, the best signing the Knicks have had, according to Lee, and I back him up with that regard. Jalen Brunson was fantastic once again let me bring up his, his his stats real quick if i can find them hold on jalen brunson had some props i'm sorry had some props there we go jalen brunson on the night 32 points four assists five rebounds nine from nine from the free throw line at one point hit about 30 something free throws straight jalen brunson to me, and I said this before, is the best player on the Knicks for sure. He is the closer. He's the one I most trust to make the right play, to make the simple play, to make the layups in the clutch, um, to cause to cause havoc, to organize the offense. He's the end all be all for these New York Knicks. As a guy who's six feet, he's tops in the NBA in finishing in the paint. And at this point, it really is Jalen Brunson's team. And it's interesting because if you look at the events that happened in the fourth quarter, one thing that I noticed, game on the line, nine seconds left, Julian Randle has the ball, right? After Tibbs challenges, um, he challenges a foul call from, from Quentin Grimes. Challenges a foul call from Quentin Grimes. We didn't get the call. We lose the timeout. Julius Wren has the ball on the out-of-bounds line. And R.J. Barrett comes to the ball. Julius Randle looks past R.J. Barrett, waves him off, gives the ball to Brunson with eight seconds left in fourth quarter to regulation. Brunson goes the full length of the court. Shout out to Tibbs. Sets a good play. He has Mitch set a screen. Way above the three-point line, gets Brunson going downhill to make uh, to, to attempt the layup and barely make barely misses. It got the shot we wanted and missed it. But that whole sequence right there is further proof to me that Jalen Brunson is the man. It's the man we trust to get the shot. Um, R.J. Barrett gets waved off by Julius Randle, and to me. Um, depending on how our record is, he's the guy who's most likely going to make the all-star game or attempt to, who actually has an, an actual argument to make an all-star game for the Knicks this season. Now you heard me say, you know what? It's going to be hard for a guard to make the all-star game because there's so many talented guards in the East. 
But if there's an argument to be made for the most effective guy, it's probably the guy who's numbered like what top three in finishing in the paint and one of the most efficient players in the A in, in Jamblin Brunson. So for me, the big thing for me for this Knicks team today and beyond is we have a piece here who can we can rely on to finish games and organize the offense and we we successfully taken another guy's trash and turn it into our treasure and for us and Knicks fans it's usually the other way around it's usually somebody gets our guy and turns into a significant player they get like a Trevor Ariza or whatever like we actually successfully done it and this is the best offseason signing that we've had in a very long time in Jalen Brunson so I'm still rusting my head on that we've done a great job with Jalen Brunson signing him that contract looking good too, descending as the years go on and I'll keep saying he is the man on his team. It is his team. I don't even care if he doesn't get paid as much. His usage rate actually went past Randall's over this road trip. And I want him taking the final shot regardless. Now, for us to move on to the next level, the starting five is going to have to do a few things. One of them is hit open shots when it, the time presents itself. There comes a time when Jalen Brunson takes over a game, and this is the second time it's happened, where teams are starting to trap Brunson at the free throw line or trap him at the foul line to the point where they're not even letting him try to finish the game. It got really hard for us in this overtime to find um, a way to get Jalen Brunson the ball. And for us to take that next step, and be successful, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle are going to have to either A, make jump shots because they're doubling, B, make quick decisions in swinging the ball to open teammates because they're doubling Jalen Brunson and, and, and make the correct play, or C, effectively cut off the ball when the doubles come Make yourself available in those passing pockets so we can make layups. So they can make layups. Because effectively, when you have a guy who has that much attention, it should make everything else easier for your team. It should make basketball players go, aha, it should be easy for me to score. And so far, we haven't had, had, had enough of those moments where it's been easier, easier for score. Uh, and let's talk about R.J. Barrett now. I think this is a good time to talk about him. R.J. Barrett gives you 19 points, 5 assists, and 10 rebounds. 22% from the field. 1-7 from 3. 14% from 3. Another rough game from R.J. Barrett. And another slow start. Didn't even score until that second quarter came. And this is why the last game, when I said, when I saw that he had a great game, I said, I want to pause and see more because of course that OKC was a great game, but I need to see some carryover with his shooting and his playmaking. 
and, and his finishing into games to come. And unfortunately, it didn't happen this game with R.J. Barrett. Um, the thing I will say is the 10 rebounds were a good sign for him. The free throw six of eight continue to be a staple, something he's pretty good at. Uh, and he had five assists today, which is pretty good. All stats that I want to see from R.J. Barrett moving forward. But the, the swing skill for R.J. is always going to be the finishing and the shooting. I didn't like some of his shot selections today. I didn't like that he took like a, a, a fallback midi in the, in the first quarter. That was a little weird. Uh, I didn't like how, to me, he was forcing it going inside. When he was trying to score in the first half, I didn't like that as well. There's things like that I feel like he needs to clean up. Uh, and, and he needs to get it out of his head a little bit. You can actually start to see the frustration on his face. Um, and it, it, it's just time. I expected more from RJ. I really did. I, I was expecting to see some of the momentum coming from last season, come into this season, and him able to start to actually build better habits in shooting and shooting better from the rip and i just haven't seen it so far from rj barrett and it's funny because the coach was talking about maybe the slow start has to be with rj trying to draw fouls instead of concentrating on making a bucket and that might be so um but i still wanted to see a little bit better from rj barrett um Shout out to Stanley Mann. Stanley Mann says rest were worse than awful. RJ didn't play well, but he definitely did not carry the ball on that baseline drive. Terrible decision made by RJ when Will, Will Tibbs hold this guy accountable. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that. I talked about how awful the rest were. That carry call when he was going to baseline was another one of those, those momentum killers that took the game away from us and not to say that we would have won the game but there was a lot of questionable calls that could have uh, swung the momentum in our favor and that one of that call in particular is one of those calls that um came at a horrible time in ot when we were trying to make a little bit of pushback um so you're definitely right about that overall rj barrett though um 44 minutes on the night is it's interesting to see how Tibbs plays these guys. You talk about accountability when you're playing bad. When you're playing that bad, it's hard to see why he's getting 44 minutes. The only thing I can really think about is maybe that's because he saw the rebounding disparity and he figured, you know what? RJ Barrett might have a better shot battling uh, battling Josh Hart for those offensive rebounds. And towards the end of the game, you did see RJ start to rebound pretty tough and get some tough rebounds to end some of those defensive stands we had. That's the only thing I, I can really come to mind when it comes to maybe why he kept RJ in the game because he wasn't really playing well. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, and also Julius Randle as well. Julius Randle's game was interesting. Started off playing, I thought, pretty good defense. And then slipped a few times. Hacking. Uh, hacking Mr. 28, 28 free throws in Jeremy Grant. 
Um, there was a time when Randall came back into the game. He got caught napping, caught going back door, and, Ron, and Grimes got a foul call because of it. But then the frustrating part of Randall is he can turn his defense on when he wants to, right? Or, or maybe it's Tibbs too, you know, not letting Randall switch more because I, I've seen some people on Nick's Twitter say that, but there was times when Randall was switched on Anthony Simons where I thought his defense was phenomenal. He shut down Anthony Simons on switches and that helped us um, in the OT a few times. So I like that part of Randall's game, but overall, when you look at that Randall's game tonight, it was a mixed bag. He has he had a, a nice shot in a, in, from three to help us get in the game, but then subsequently after he hits a three, he takes another go-ahead three and bricks it and causes the momentum to go the other way with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, so I don't know. To, to me, we still need, for, for me, we just still need a more effective second and third option moving forward for this team to really get to the next level. And it's going to be imperative for Julius Randle and RJ Barrett to learn how to play off of Jalen Brunson uh, a lot more effectively. Jul Julius Randle gives you 23 points on the night, three steals, three assists. Three steals is actually pretty good. Three steals, 37% from three. Eh, not bad. Three of eight. Um, 42% from the field. We need that to, to go up a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, interestingly enough, the biggest runs we've seen, we've seen a massive run when Emmanuel quickly came on. And when it comes to the bench, when it comes and when it comes to guys who are starting to step up quickly, you know, it seems like this shot is, is, is starting to come back a little bit. It's starting to come back a little bit. I'm uh, Let's see. And it's funny. Quickly had a, a, a stint where he had like eight points in like seven minutes in that second quarter. And he finishes the game not shooting well from the field, even though starting off hot. I feel like he started to, to rush his shots towards the end and not take his time. And interestingly enough, he started to get hot when he started to actually take his time. So I just need, I kind of feel like quickly sometimes has that OB Topman syndrome where you're just trying to move too quickly and he just needs to calm down in general. But finishes 18 points, five assists, and four rebounds and plus seven on the night. And the interesting thing about quickly in general is, you know what? He's been in trade rumors. Read an interesting article on why the Knicks would trade Emmanuel quickly written by Fred Katz. Um, and trade him for a first round pick. And it was some interesting reasoning. And the reasoning that he explained was, you know, when your team is trying to trade, they want to trade a combination of young players and picks. And they want young players essentially because young players are cheap. And it might be that quickly might be, be trying to demand some money because he's, he thinks he can be effective or, and also the timeline is running out on guys like quickly and OB Toppin and quickly and OB are kind of both intriguing pieces for, for, for the Knicks who 
you know, wants to keep its core, but also wants to keep their books um looking a certain way they they feel they figure you know what we might as well just trade trickling quickly now for his first round pick just because it'll be harder to trade him later on if that's it'll be harder to trade him later on if he commands a certain amount of money so i i can kind of see where that's going um but for the Knicks, that problem can be resolved if they're able to get other players off the books and take back less salary. Then that problem can possibly go away. Um, but for me, it's it's interesting because when you're looking at the bench, you're looking at IQ, you can act, you're looking at um Obi Toppin who disappeared. You're looking at uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, who got, sometimes starts, sometimes comes off the bench. Looking at Sims, even when quickly shooting bad, he still has the highest plus-minus on the team, has the highest off-all stats on his team, and he still ends up being effective because of his defense, because of his rebounding from the guard position, and because of the way he sets people up. So. Um, this is still a, a thing to watch whether we trade quickly or whether we trade Derrick Rose. Um, hopefully we, we stick with our young core, even, you know, some people are kind of down on them right now. Um, I still feel like as down as we are, we still have to see this through and see if our young core can actually turn around because, you know, this is the most young core we had so far. And I, I, just, I really need to see it through. And even though they are, you know, sometimes you, you do have to hold people accountable and, and see the forest from the trees. Sometimes it just takes some people uh, longer to develop than others. And we might have to see this young core through. Hopefully, quickly is one of those guys because once when he's shooting, like the way he was shooting in that first half, things really opened up. You see how easy he was able to get to the lane. Um, So hopefully we start to see more of that decent job from, from quickly on the night. All right. All right, salute to you guys in the chat. If you're watching the show, if you're liking the breakdown so far, there's no lead, there's no Ryan. Uh, please, but you know what? Uh, you still rock with the KOT show, so please hit that like button, subscribe button, and you know, you also you can call in too as well if you want to talk next and talk about the game. The number is 319 527 6241. That's 319-527-6241. I see we have a call on the line. First caller up. Is my man Ken, one of the editors in chief of KOT Yo, Show? What's, what's going on, what's Ken? Up, what's going Thanks on, man? Disappointing uh, Nick lost. You know, I was like, okay, we got this one in the bag. Game's out. We're leading. We're like dominating. And then you know, then the tips be tipping. Yeah. Tips be tipping, okay, man. So I don't wanna. <laughs> You know, dwell on the negative. Uh, I just wanted to say, just plug really quick the article uh, I posted the other day um, about the Knicks and what to for. You know, there's a lot of the Knicks, even though it's not reflected in our records yet. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned earlier, Brunson has been a really good freaking uh, uh, acquisition. He's the best player on the team. Uh, and he's the smartest guy. He actually, you know, he plays winning basketball. And like you mentioned earlier, he's on a defending contract. So that that uh, signing, which everyone thought was a little too rich, 
uh, turn up Bobby Beal. So that's good news. And we finally got a point guard. I think we were going back and forth um, on, on Twitter uh, uh, with Ryan. And um, and we mentioned, like, listen, the Knicks haven't had a good free agent signing, a big time, really. One, like, since Allen Houston. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we signed him. You know, he obviously was pretty good, and he, and he made an all-star team. But we had to give up the coach of the Blazers, uh, Chauncey Billups. We had to amnesty him in order to get Chandler on the team. But in terms of a guy who's come in, who really didn't cost us anything, he was a true free agent. Brunson's the best guy uh, we signed since, since Allen Houston. That's good news. Yeah. And I think I mentioned in the article, uh, in terms of contracts, like I'm already convinced we got to move off Julius Randle ASAP. I'm I'm sick of this guy. I mean, he you know he does some good things, but he's not a star, and you know we can't cast him as a star, and he can't play along RJ, and we can't trade RJ even if we wanted to because of the poison pill. Yeah. Yeah. But but anyway, the point is like a couple of years ago when we made the playoffs, like both these dudes shot forty percent from the field, and then we had Alec Burke. And I was this dude over in uh, in Dallas, Reggie Bullock. He also shot 40%. So we had a bunch of guys shot 40% that year, which is, you know, partly due because they're playing in empty games. But, but like you said, you, we can't expect Randall and uh, RJ to ever go back to shooting 40% from three. And last, last thing I said to mention about Randall, like, I am tired of seeing this dude throw up like eight three-point shots a game. He should not be one of the leaders in, in three-point attempts on the team. And and that's something that's got to go back to Tiz. Like if this dude, uh, son for serious, if this dude's getting eight wide open three point shots, I can deal with that. But this dude is not getting eight wide wide open three point shots. So it's like, you know. So anyway, that's frustrating. But on the bright side, like like we talked about in the article, Randall, his contract's not that bad. I mean, you look at it compared to other power forwards, he got like this, you know, the three. But after that, like you know. The guys who are right after him are, are not really better. Like, Kevin Love gets paid more than Tobias Harris. I don't think anybody in the Knicks would take Tobias Harris's contract yeah, yeah. Over, uh, over Randall. So, I, the point is, I think we could definitely move Randall. And then all the other starters, they're all like, you know, 15, 16 for their position. Even our boy, Evan Fournier, who hit the bench, like, you know, who's not playing, he's, uh, it was a 24th. For a, for, a, for a wing player. So, and there's a lot of teams that would take him right now. Like the Lakers would, would gladly take him uh, on their team. The thing is, you know, we got two really good young wings. So it's a good thing. You know, he's not playing because he's bad. He's not playing because um, Reddish has blossomed. And Grimes, think about it, Grimes is pick 26. And this dude came in and he already was a starter in year one, which is unheard of. Yeah. I think they thought that Grant was going to take like three years. Yeah, three I think that's exactly what they were thinking. I think that's exactly they were, what they were thinking. And that's why they right. ended so up that's signing Evan Fournier like, hey, ahead we'll of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, and then by the time his contract's expiring, Grimes will be good. And then, and then of course, they had the opportunity to, to trade for Reddish, which turned out to be a good trade. And um, and all of a sudden, like, they're like, dude, we, we, we don't need you. So, so anyway, uh, anyway, JL, my man, you're doing a great job. Appreciate keep it. Up, keep it up. And listen, man, I have a feeling, like I told Chris earlier, 
something's gonna shift. Something's gonna happen. An opportunity's gonna present itself, and the Knicks are are positioned to take advantage of it. Like everyone's like, "Oh, we missed out on Donovan Mitchell," but listen, man, that's a good. That was <laughs> for the Cavs, it was a good deal. Like for them, it, it was, was good. a good deal. I agree. Position that we are, but for us, you know, that would have kept us in purgatory. So, uh, so anyway, uh, so I'll leave you with that, and uh, thank you. And uh, I know there's better days ahead. <laughs> All right, man. So, Thanks, man. Shout out to Ken. All right, man. Thank you. Shout out to Ken. Take care. One of the editors, the editor. Sorry, one again. He's the editor for the KAT show, dropping some facts about uh, Randall having the eighth most expensive contract in the league. He's not as bad as he wa- we think it is. Especially every year, every year that we have Randall, his contract starts to look better and better. Especially if he's actually playing well. Um, so that's something to look after. His contract is starting to actually look a little bit better because he's actually playing better as well. Especially after that Denver game. It's funny because I was um doing research on Phoenix matchup for the Knicks and looking at some Phoenix Suns podcasts and Phoenix Suns. I even know I don't know if we have the pieces that make sense for us to move around to Phoenix. Like uh, the Phoenix Suns fans really are salivating over Randall. They really want some toughness at that power forward position. I got and I got a guy rebound. So Randall's value is rising, um, even though we get frustrated with him. Um, and Ken is right. There's, there's, there's time to make a move at some point. It's, it might be tough, but we still have the, out of all the mid, the mid teams, and I've said this before, there's a lot of mid teams in the East who's hovering around that 500 position. Out of all of the mid teams, right, in the East, we are the best mid team because we are the only mid team who actually has assets to get out of mid. And that those assets would be young players and those assets would be picks. It just has to be the next move has to be our best move. We cannot mess, mess that up and put all of our picks in one basket and have, and have that, uh, handicap us for years to come. We have to use them sparingly and with the right, the, the right pick. So hopefully the Knicks start to do that moving forward but all right so shout out to the guys watching the show and hopefully you guys are joining the show so far um let's talk about but all along those those are the the basis of the game to me um it's like little subplots going around for me right we have mitchell robinson who gives you 12 points eight rebounds two blocks had problems fouling looked out of shape which is a shame because mitch came into the season in really good shape he was moving up and down the floor a lot, um, and was was his defense was was pretty good for a few games. But then I also felt like after that he started to get into Hackamich again, and the injury has really set him back as far as conditioning. You start you start to see glimpses of why it could be effective. He stopped Nurkic on a post up, um, caused a couple of blocks, and I felt like some of the rebound stuff problems we had went away when he was on the floor. But the, the the offensive foul, the missed free throws at the end, and the turnover uh, hurt Mitch's game. But uh, you can't 
you can't be too hard on him because he just got back. So I understand the rustiness and why it looked a little bit funny out of breath. Uh, um, also, something interesting enough, Hartenstein. News came out that Hartenstein was battling an Achilles injury for most of the time since he started here. And he said, right, as of now, he's at 80%. So, you know, I've kind of been a little bit of rough on Hartenstein. I felt like his defense has been a little bit over underwhelming. I felt like he's been outmatched by taller centers, but maybe this is a big reason why that hasn't happened, why he hasn't been as effective a defense as he's been with the Clippers, I they said. So um, he's only at 80% now. Hopefully he starts to move up from 80 to 100%. Um, so look at that. I'm looking at that as well. Obi was man, really disappointed with Obi's game today. Uh, uh, after Obi having a good start, really shooting a three well in that 76ers game, he's starting to seem like to disappear a little bit. Uh, struggled on defense with Jeremy Grant, and hasn't really hit the shot as consistently, and hasn't really been getting to the rim and finishing as consistently as well. Also, teams are starting to scout that live from quickly to OB. So those shots um, haven't been there. Britt says he's a, a four, plus 14 overall. It's funny because OB was in the game during a couple of the big runs. But I didn't really see the effectiveness from OB today, even though he was a plus 14 from overall. Unless if you guys saw something I, I didn't see, definitely tell me. But I, when I saw in that second quarter, I saw Obi struggling versus Jeremy Grant. You know what I mean? And I saw Obi happening to be on the floor during that run in the third that third quarter. But also for him not being able to offensive rebound, there was a time I think Josh Hart snuck behind him and grabbed the rebound, a, a big momentum rebound during a play. So I wanted to, actually I wanted to see more from Obi on on the night. Um. So, uh, and McBride too. And even though McBride didn't play that many minutes, you know, the defense, you already know the Quentin Grimes, when Manu quickly and Miles McBride defensive trio kind of catches the team sleeping when he first started to enter the game. And when they came into the game, that's when you started to see the first little bit of push when you saw those threes enter the lineup. Um, I think it's time to get a bigger look at my, at Miles McBride, considering that Derrick Rose has another foot injury, and we really have to start preparing for the future and looking at other guards or backup guards when Derrick Rose is out. He didn't play that many minutes today. Um, he had a nice backdoor cut from a pass from Hartenstein to get a layup, but uh, the other parts of his game, I, I think he just needs he's, he's like quickly. He just needs to calm down. He just needs to calm down and hit his shots overall when it comes to Miles McBride. Um, overall, Miles McBride, four points on the night. Um, but listen, I want to talk about something else. And I want to talk about our last show, right? Our last show, we had one of our regulars call in in Big Reaper. And he mentioned something and he said he felt down. Uh more down than he has 
since in this era about the future of this team because he to him he doesn't really see a clear cut star within our young players and when he says that to me when he says that I'm thinking about you know RJ Barrett I'm thinking about you know Obi Toppin I'm thinking about man quickly I'm thinking about Quentin Grimes right um but you could also you can you actually know you, you can throw Sims in there right and I was kind of thinking about this over the last this this last little stretch and one thing I have to say about the star thing, a lot of the picks that we actually have have been that second round. So when you look at the picks that we've hit on the second round, it's the Mitch Robinson, who many would say he's a starting caliber center. Um, we have Quentin Grimes, who who people want to start for as a three and D guy. Um, we have Cam Reddish, who we traded for um through kevin knox I, for, I forgot about him as well and we have obi Toppin, who people will see has star potential right and we also have emmanuel quickly but a lot of those guys that i mentioned are second round picks so for for us to have second round picks be stars in the first place is already a stretch so i i think i think we have to start looking at those guys as you know we lucked out and we got rotation players starters or fringe starters with guys who are second round picks in quentin grimes emmanuel quickly uh jericho sims mitchell robinson like we've done pretty well drafting in the second round in general all right uh we have a, a future stopper in quentin grimes on the team we have Jericho Sims, who's impressing every day. He had a, I haven't even talked about Jericho Sims. He only played 12 minutes of the day, but he had an impact on his game until, right about until overtime when he started to ISO uh, Nurchik on him in the post. But he had a couple of blocks and big rebounds and, and one on the night from Jericho Sims. So good shots for Jericho Sims, right? But the, the front office has done a pretty good job drafting second round guys who are starters or fringe starters now the question really becomes rj barrett and obi top right those are the guys who like all right these are lottery guys that come in the first in the top 10 can these guys become stars um ob toppin one of the guys at the highest ceiling might not who knows what's going to be his future It'll be hard for him to be star here if Julius Randle is still here. And it might, I don't know if that's going to happen. He does have star potential to me. He still has a lot of work to do on the defensive end to keep to stay on the floor for longer stretches of time and and the rebounding in as well. But if there's one guy who has star potential, it could be him. Um, the one thing I will say is I'm not sure it's going to happen in Nick uniform or not. Because when you go into the NBA history of actual stars, they are guys who are slow starters and some and they don't become stars in the team that they've originally been drafted to so that could be the case but if the knicks are patient then it could be the case for us there's no guarantees here but that is the story and i could say the same thing for guys like rj barrett who has been struggling so far um 
started the end of the season. Well, we was hoping that end of the season from RJ Barrett carry over until this season. And the success from that season hasn't really carried over to this season when it comes to the shooting. Um, for me, I want to see him start to take a step in that direction and start to hit shots more, but it hasn't happened for him. But listen, the good news is that RJ Barrett is a hard worker. And the first step to being a star is to be a hard worker. Um, and also the good news is there, there are examples of guys who have become all stars later on in their career. This is not to say this is a foregone conclusion for RJ Barrett or Obi Toppin, but it has happened. And I, I and before I, I'll always like to use the example of um, Victor Oladipo when he got he started to become play, hitting twenty points a game after he left the uh, uh, Pacers, but you know he's falling off because of his injuries. But there's one example I can really think of is uh, Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker is, is a pretty good one, and for R.J. Barrett in particular. Because, you know, Kemba Walker is a guy who sh who was like R.J. Barrett, considered a high-value scorer, but not a efficient one. Shot below 40% um, from three in the first four years of his career. Now, he shot below 40% from the field, I believe. Yeah, from three, wait. Wait, what? I'm sorry. He shot bad from three for the first three to four years of his career. He was a high volume guy, and he started to turn that around in like year four. Year four, he started to shoot 37% from three in Kimball Walker. So uh, it, it is possible to turn your, your game from low efficiency to high efficiency. Um, if given the reps, um, and right now RJ Barrett has the third highest usage on the team. So for him, he has the ball in his hands seemingly enough to actually get to that next level and figure it out if we have the patience to, and if he has the mindset to, cause I, I'm, I really do believe RJ Barrett has the mind to want it, but he needs to stop pressing. He has to stop pressing. He has to calm down. Has to calm down. So the, there's are a few examples for RJ Barrett and other players who to become all-stars in your sixth and seventh year. Uh, Kyle Lowry is another one. Kyle Lowry is the 24th pick of the draft. Drafted 2006. Didn't make the all-star team. 2014-2015 season. I remember back when Kyle Lowry was starting to make some noise. I think he was on the Rockets. It was traded to the Raptors and the Knicks were actually talking to get Kyle Lowry in the Knicks uniform. Um, they was they wanted to trade Iman Shumpert, I believe, for, for Kyle Lowry. And that actually ended up stopping at a certain point. And Kyle Lowry ended up staying in Toronto, making some noise over there and making a few all-star teams. So that's another another example of Guys who've taken long to develop. Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap is uh, another example of that as well. Only averaged like 12 points per game. 
for years. For years before he even left the Jazz. He was drafted in like 2006, 47 pick of the draft. Then goes to the Hawks. Starts balling out. In like 2014. And all of a sudden, Paul Millsat starts to become a household name. He becomes an all-star. Now there's levels of all-star, right? There's fringe all-star, all-star, and superstar. So there's levels to this all-star stuff. You know what I mean? So who knows what level that can be? Um, with RJ Barrett having that poison pill here, it's more likely than not that he'll be here a little bit longer and have time to figure that part of his game out to see if you can actually mimic a Kimball Walker and start to fix his efficiency in year four, like Kimball Walker did in his career. Another high volume, low efficiency guy. Hopefully, R.J. Barrett can do that, and hopefully some other guys on our team can start to follow in those guys' footsteps as well, all right? So, shout out to Reaper, who kind of inspired that whole dive into looking at who has been an all-star later in their career once they figured it out. And it's fun. You know, you know who else is a funny example now that I'm starting to look at it? Um, Jeremy Grant. <laughs> Jeremy Grant, a guy who no one even trusted with the ball. Uh, probably not like a, he's not like a first option all-star, obviously. He might be one of those fringe guys, third option. When goes to Detroit, goes to Detroit, uh, kind of gets big, two bigs for his britches, but the cuz kind of prove he can take on a bigger role than he has when he was with OKC. Now he's at Portland and drops 40-something points on us. You know? Um, so interesting example in Jeremy Grant how sometimes career trajectories might take longer than us fans wanted to. Uh, but for us, it's going to be, is that going to happen in Nick's uniform? Um, and with who, which player will that happen with if it does happen in the first place all right all right cool all right so shout out here we go big speaking of the devil shout out to big reaper i see a big reaper on the line uh big reaper yo what's going on brother let me know what you want to talk about sir yeah man thanks for taking my call yeah it's just um you know like i kind of i thought we were probably gonna lose tonight's game uh you know, the thing is, like, a lot of the teams we've been beating, I know everyone thinks it's, like, they're a really good team. Um, I, I, I think, um, I'm sorry, like, the one team that we beat that is escaping me, um, I felt like Utah Jazz, they, I feel like they're not that, they were playing good at the time, but they're really not that great. And then, of course, OKC, I don't think they're a very good team, in my opinion. Uh, you just got to look at their record just to see. Uh the biggest reason why I think none of this, a lot of what we're seeing wasn't sustainable, just like, I really feel like it's just, they're not really sharing the ball the way they should on offense. We're not really good enough. Jalen Brunson is the only good offensive player we have, right? That's consistent. And we're not really good enough to just have, you know, just to be passing the ball just between Jalen, RJ, and, uh, and Julius. That's like one big problem. And then the other problem is just like the fact that you know, obviously, Jalen is a problem on defensive end, 
but it's just been really disappointing with like Julius and, and uh, RJ on defense. Like their effort has been like really sporadic at best. And I know everybody's talking about how they were sick recently, but I don't know. They've been doing it all year. And like even with the defense, I saw RJ just kind of tell off of the defense like last year when he started trying to be the man and take over the team. It, I just saw the effort just kind of like just go away, you know. It, like he started picking and choosing when he wanted to play defense. Uh, that, at least that's what it seemed like towards the end of last year. This year, it's just I'm just not sure what's going through his head. So uh, I'm just not sure what to what to think about the team. You know, at first I can't even really talk about the coach anymore. That's the other problem because it's you know in the beginning you kind of harp on the coach because these guys are young you want to make sure the coach gives them burn and develop them the right way and now it's kind of like i mean you're right they have a long way to go because they're all still young but it just i'm not even sure you know i'm not sure what to think about their trajectory and you can't even really blame the coach anymore because it's no it, it's starting to feel like these are who these guys are right yeah. now, at least for the foreseeable future you know but, yeah yeah, I, I mean, what did, did you think we were gonna win this game? Listen, we, I think we had a shot for real. Um, I, I'm looking up the uh, assist to the game as you're talking. Like, I can't say we didn't have a chance to win this game when it took overtime to lose. And Jalen Brunson, our best guy on offense, had the ball in his hands and missed a floater in his spot. You know, so I don't yeah. think. It took like an act from God to beat us. And 51 free throws is insane. You know what I mean? Like that's the type of free throw free throw shooting that happens. That's, that, that's like once in a lifetime. That's not something that we actually, that's not something that happens every game at, at that rate. So I, actually, I absolutely think that we had a shot to win and probably should have and could have won this game. I know, I understand Portland is a good team, but they're not, that good. The only the only other thing I can say is yes, the, the assisting is good as I'm looking is is correct. As looking at stats, we started off passing the ball in the beginning of the season well, but that mm-hmm. hasn't hold up. Knicks are 21st. We're looking at the screen, 21st in assist per team. So I do feel like we need to share the ball more. Um, but I also feel like three point shooting is still a huge problem for us. I was hoping Grimes can continue his success from last year. And when he hit the ball, hit threes at thirty-eight percent clip, and he hasn't done that as of yet. And um, teams are starting to zone up on us, and we've been good. We've been being the zone by like getting to the hole. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, when we have a guy in Jalen Brunson who can get to the hole as he can, like like he can, and they start to trap him when he sprays the ball out, people are gonna have to eventually start to hit threes, and we haven't been able to yeah. do that. So that's. But to me, we had he absolutely had a shot to win this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely understand, you know, like uh, your the point you're making, and those are very good and valid points. It's just for it's like mediocre to bad teams. I'm not saying the Knicks are bad. I think they're going to be. I've always felt they're going to be a 500 team this year if RJ and Julius shoot like low 40s. I knew because you know, like just having Jalen, you're going to be able to get to like 500 by 42 wins, hopefully. Uh, but it just mediocre to bad teams always, there's always, there's always a reason why they lose. There's always like an act of God or like who knew this guy was going to pop off like this. And so, and that, that's just what happens to mediocre teams. They, they always find 
creative ways to move the ball game. <laughs> uh, I guess the other question that I had was, um, you know, like with the whole, like it's, it's, a lot of this stuff is frustrating because it's kind of linked to coaching and sort of like playing the guys, like for example, playing these young guys last year, there's a reason why you have to play the young guys, especially if you feel like, okay, they're giving you the effort, they're studying the plays. I mean, you got to like play them in games and it's like, and it's, the stuff we're seeing now, like if they would have like just, you know, last year, I know Quentin Grimes was pretty hurt, yeah, but he's a good shooter, good defender, and they should have gave him more run last year. You needed to give him more volume, like at the NBA level, you know, um, and just give him more opportunities. Like even playing with this starting unit, they, they don't even really look for him. And then you have situations where it kind of goes back to only three people constantly touching the ball all the time. Where, for example, RJ's on the floor. I think it was like RJ, Obi, and I can't remember who was running the point. They made it, there was like a play. They had an option to either pass the ball to RJ, who was across on the other side of the three, uh, three point line on a, uh, like on one three point line. Obi was on the other side. It just feels like we're constantly looking for RJ at the three point line to kind of like get him going. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're trying to win ball games, maybe you should just like look for the you know who has the better percentage at the three point line instead of trying to like look for you know look for RJ. So I, it's, I'm not saying I, they should you know. I'm a quote I'm a quote I'm a quote I'm a quote Clyde right now. There's a reason why he's open, Reaper. <laughs> there's a reason why he's open, and sub and there's a reason why you know Obi Toppin hasn't been as open as he was in the beginning of the season. Teams know. Yeah. Teams know that yeah. RJ struggles from three. If you watch OB, man, watch film of teams leaving OB open in the first 10 games compared to like the last 10. The scouting report is going around. So they're, they're, they're it's, it's the odds, man. They're going to play the odds. They're going to leave RJ open. And then it's like, if you're packing the paint too much, RJ is going to at some point going to have to take that three or take a dribble and hit the mid range. But it's not like he's been hitting those either when he's has taken them. So it's like, yeah, is we, we, we just have to shoot better. Like sometimes you just have to shoot better. Yeah. What do you think is going on with Obi though? It's like, he doesn't want to, it feels like he doesn't put the ball on the floor really anymore. Like, I mean, he does it a little bit, but, is it the lack of confidence, or do you think it's just kind of like the coach telling them how they should play, and so that kind of dictates what they're doing on the floor? Like, what do you think about what's going on with Obi? He's like, he went from like towards the end of last season, uh, like you know, you know, not just those last couple of games where he dropped like thirty something and then forty two, but like it felt like the last twenty games he was like he, he looked really comfortable on the floor, and now he just looks like looks like I don't know, he just looks. Like he's in chains, like he's very limited I, in what he can do. Like, what I, do you think is going on with that? I think, I think one, I think the scattering. Well, I feel like the scattering port on him has caught up to him. Um, the lobs you saw last year, he's not getting anymore from IQ. Like not not that not that frequently because teams are starting to run back hard. They're starting to close out on threes now for him. Um. And then it's, I think he's been working so hard a three point shot that he's not been, he's kind of like, I felt like he traded one skill for the other a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I feel like over the summer, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. shooting threes. I'm shooting threes and playing defense. And then when it got to his bread and butter, he's like trying to go to the hole a little bit. He hasn't really gotten a chance to develop that part of his game now. So it's like he traded one thing for another. But uh, that's possibly what what could be happening. And then, you know, on top of that, you're not getting 20 plus minutes a night. You don't have time to kind of figure that part out. You like you, you shoot threes, they adjust. Now you're on the bench. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't have time to like, oh, let me try to like test out my up and under move now. That was working for me last year. But that's I think that's what was happening with Obi Toppin right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what they put themselves in. That front office, I don't know. You know, maybe if they survive this year, it's only because of that Jalen Brunson fine, and that's the only thing they end up surviving. But aside from that, is you know, um, just overall as a unit, front office along with the coach, I mean, like, it's just been bad decisions. And I think a lot of the decisions they've made last year is starting to catch up to them, and it's more around, like, playing time and developing the young players. Yeah. You know, it's like... For sure. So... For sure. For sure. Yeah. Thanks. Right. Thanks. Th- thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. No problem, Reaper. Thanks for calling. Yeah, he's right, man. This is what happens when um the the front office really tried to play the middle and getting the veterans here with the young places players here. And sometimes the transition hasn't been smooth on whether you play the players the young players or the veterans, and that's kind of what's been happening and it's continued to happen. And it's slowly gotten better. It's slowly gotten better. If you if you're looking now, like Evan Fournier is on the bench the whole summer. We've been talking about how you want Evan Fournier on the bench and Cam to start. What happens? Cam starts. Evan Fournier is on the bench. Now it took Grimes to get you know to get injured, but um you know it's it's still pretty happened. It still happened. But now when Grimes comes back with Cam, you start you have to imagine that you know. There's minutes that McBride is getting right now. You would imagine that um, probably Cam or Grimes would start to get those minutes, and those two would start to split minutes eventually. So, you know, there's things that are happening now that wasn't happening last season. The front office did dig themselves out uh, into a hole, but they're slowly kind of digging themselves out of a hole as well. Um, so we just have to kind of wait and see how they finish digging themselves out of the hole. Hopefully they don't make any big mistakes doing so um, and continue to go with this youth movement moving forward. And while trying to develop the youth and then make that big move for a star eventually and the right move, but uh, it's going to be up. It's going to be up. It's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do during the trade deadline for sure. Um, Evan Fournier probably will have some value. Who knows? There might be shooters. There might be teams definitely for three point shooters. Evan Fournier. Derek Rose might have value, who knows? But also, you know, Obi Toppin has done some, has turned some heads in IQ probably as well. So we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. We'll see if we go for clear the vets for the youth to play more or clear the youth to get some picks to package for a bigger star later on. All right. Next caller up, we got my man JT. JT, what's going on? What do you want to talk about, sir? Yeah. What's hey, going Reaper, on, man? Damn, what I was going to talk about, man. Good in yourself, man. Hope you had a blessing. Give salute to the chat. Salute to Ryan G, Lee, Raw. Salute to Kathy. Salute to Edson. Okay, you know, okay. Old school, the old school, the old school salutes. They want to know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Salute to the garage. Salute to, salute to everything. 
But yeah, man, this this I'm not gonna lie. This is one. This game right here had me heated. Yeah, it had me heated because like it's one of those things. The most infuriating thing, like I've been saying this for seasons. You know, for the past two seasons, I remember when I said this last season. Some people in the chat wasn't feeling this. Where you know these guys aren't like a bucket. They they're inconsistent, but they forced it. So like now this year is the is you know R.J. Julius and Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, you know he's been producing. He's he's effective, but it's like we living and dying with these guys. When it's like you have, if Grimes is hot, Cam is hot, Obi's hot, IQ is hot. It's like they're not looking to set them up. Yeah. You know, more often it's like they're like, all right, I'm gonna set you up for like two plays, and these next thirty plays is you know it's the uh, three of us. When yeah. It's like, yo, we we ain't got it like that, man. You know that I think that's a big that's one of the big thing on things on offense that really hurts us. So whenever they figure it out, I guess you know we'll do better. And then as far as the defense, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it always seems like they get gas in the second half. Like, they're just more first. Like, RJ, you see he's in his head. He's in his head. You see, like, like you know, of course, he has to he has to improve. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not, you know, people, the, the whole damn near all the Knicks Nation is against him and want him to send him out for, for a top season on stuff. It's like, <laughs> look, man, <laughs> he's here. Yeah, it's like, what are you gonna do about it? Like, I'm gonna keep crying, and now, and it's crazy because you got some quote unquote fans crying about like, oh, we should have traded him for Donovan when I'm like, he was in the package. <laughs> yeah, he, we, he was in the package, we, but they wanted him at plus six hundred yeah. picks. So it's like, no, exactly. <laughs> and I still so, say no. So we would so exactly, I, bro. Same here, same here. Because at the end of the day, man, it's like if you're looking at the landscape of the NBA, we got to look at what free agency is going to be like. Who are we really going to bring in? And if we bring somebody in, are we really going to pay, give them a next Evaporian contract when if Cam becomes a solid role player, at least we can give him a reasonable contract because we already know what he is. We don't have to pay the extra tax to bring him in right? if he so choose to. So you know what I'm saying? So that's why it's important to develop your young guys and just go through the growing pains with them. We've never seen an actual rebuild where we have young guys. Like, look at how everybody, oh, this is here, two or three of it. Enough is enough. I know we need talent, but... It ain't available. Yeah, you know we got like, and not not only is it not available, we don't even have the roster construction. That's if anything, before we trade and bring somebody in, we need to or we need to consolidate this roster to make sure that it makes sense for them to even come into the team, so things can you know so people can flourish. So there's a lot. There's always there's a worldwide mess, but of course always here. Shut up, the worldwide West. I just. We just gonna have these therapy sessions as always because I got nothing to say. Just hopefully that they learn to spread the ball around and get, you know, hand it, to, hand it off to the hot hand. Yeah. And even if it's not Randall, RJ, or Brunson, as far as this whole, you know, we're in purgatory, I'm like, we still in, we, 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 we knew we was going to be a 500 team. Yeah. And we just go, we just got to keep, we just got to keep rolling with the punches. If you so choose to, and if you're just going to sit down and cry all the time and just complain, there's 30, there's 30, there's 29 other teams that you can watch. You don't got to watch the Knicks. That's a good and point. Of course, on that note, I'm out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to my guy. Shout out to my guy. Um, a lot of good points. And I'm I'm a, I'll say this too. I am not delusional about this team. You know, it, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing being like in this space, being a Knicks content creator and being a Knicks fan and trying to find that balance between being being a fan staying a fan but also trying to be realistic 
and not trying to have over exuberant expectations, especially when you're a fan, because that's very easy to do, right? It, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to uh, overhype players. But also the switch side of it, because some people are fans, um, it can also be very easy to go the other wide, the other side, which is to overly hate players too. Like, it's, it's, it's very interesting to try to be even killed about what's happening and not to feel over emotional on the negative side or the positive side and just look at facts because sometimes when you're just looking at all the negatives you'll just see tibs and go fire tibs after everything he does and ignore everything good he does and the flip side you can have your favorite player who's having a bad stretch and make excuses and then not hold him accountable for the bad he does so like there's people on both sides of the spectrum and it's very interesting being in this space trying to figure out how to be a fan but also be realistic and not be swayed one side or the other for for for, for me i can say this about our players we have a bunch of players here who are, are hard workers especially a young core i feel like the the, the front office did a really good job finding a young core who likes to work hard and they, and they've done that the talent level um for superstar talent might not all be there for all these players we still have work to do to see if that can come into fruition um i still hope that we can do it it's going to take some time to see if that comes into realization but if it doesn't we're still in a decent space where we do have draft picks and young players to to make a move for talent the talent that people say that we need so um so and so uh i mean it's not purgatory for us it's all not purgatory for us we're we're in a decent spot we're in a decent spot but we just have to the chips that we have right now we have to spend them wisely so we can stay out of purgatory and hopefully we start to make the move in the right direction and the first test will be the trade deadline and next test will be the off season after that but for now we we have to keep on giving these young guys minutes and developing these guys in the right direction. All right. But shout out to JT. Thank you for calling in, man. Uh, thank, for, thank you all for the Knicks fans who love us and hate us. Uh, appreciate both sides of the coin and everything you guys have to say. All right. Um, that, I think, I, I feel like uh, I have nothing else to talk about. That's our show. If you like that show so far, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. Please, please, please share a friend. It's funny. I, I know we're not the most popular show right now, but we are the show who people have eyes on and people like to, you know, when we start to do certain things and introduce new things, other people start to take notice and implement it in, in their stuff. So people are watching. People are watching. Uh, so, but shout out to the guys who, who are the all 82 who's been here since the garage, like JT said. And we will be back. We'll definitely be back talking Knicks basketball after our next game. The next game, when is the next game? The next game is on Sunday. Do we have a game? Oh, do we have a game tomorrow? No, the game is on Sunday. Next game is on Sunday. Uh, versus the Grizzlies, the Knicks Grizzlies rematch game. I've been waiting for this game. This is one of those games where I want to be reminded of how we played when we first started 
because when we when the Knicks first started playing the Grizzlies, uh, I feel like I feel like Tibbs started to the the good habits that Tibbs wanted to enforce were fresh in their minds. We were running fast breaks. We we're tops in the league in pace. We were moving the ball more effectively. Um, we did a pretty decent job of John Morant and Adams and those guys. But they, had, uh, but then you know we already know we, they were missing a, a big man in the middle. And they're missing a big man in the middle, and he's back. So we're gonna have to watch out for that. But hopefully we get this win on Sunday. Should be it should be an entertaining game. Hopefully we 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 do well. Good thing is the Knicks are at home. We have a lot of games at home. Even though the talent varies, you have a lot of games at home. So for me, I'm looking for these Knicks players who've been struggling with their shot to get back on track when it comes to their jump shot. I expect to see RJ Barrett's shot start to trend more upwards because he's in the same place in the same gym night after night and he's been struggling. So I, I think RJ actually is going to shoot well next game. Uh, I think quickly can, can, can continue to shoot well. And I think we're, I think we're going to be all right overall. All right. That is our show, guys. Thanks for you guys for watching. Shout out to Civil Analytics. Shout out to my real fake cousin, Winston Ellis. Uh, shout out to So Fresh ABM. Uh, shout out to JT Riddick. Shout out to Sanfrig, Sanfroid929. Everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. All right. And also, uh, I'm going to end by saying you already know what it is. You can follow us on the KOT show on Twitter, the Naked Time show on Instagram, and the Naked Time show on Facebook as well. You can get the KOT snapbacks. I saw somebody order the snapback today. Yours will be coming in the mail. So we're going, that will be going out. So if you want your blue and orange snapbacks and black and white, the black and white snapbacks, go to the Naked Time show.com. And just click catalog once you get there. You'll see that catalog button and you'll get those snapbacks right to your door. Okay. So shout out to whoever just purchased that snapback today. And you already know what it is. Shout out to our guys at Fubu TV. If you want to watch Fubu TV, go to Fubu TV slash KOT. Wait, it says it right here. Hold on. You'll see. You'll see the graphic flash in a minute. If you go to Fubu TV.com slash KOT. You can get MSG and watch the Knicks free for seven days. And then if you decide to keep FUBU TV for after those seven days, um, you will have to pay. But while you pay, you'll get you'll be when you do pay, KLT gets a little bit of change. And when you do purchase FUBU TV, right, you'll be able to record games. You also will be able to watch cable and other channels and other sports stuff. And uh, shoot, I'll be watching Martin and Fresh Prince. I'm on my Knicks while I'm on, while I'm have my Fubu TV. So shout out to Fubu TV for working with us at the KLT show. All right, that is our show. And as always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube and Twitter streets. That is our show. We are out of here. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams.